a dream Until one day I made it my reality Fuck you mean, this shit is meant for me You don't know a thing, I didn't get support It had to be me It just shows that back then I did not know that this would happen And it's so important to me to express that veganism was the forefront of my career. You are listening to Plant Strength Radio. Each week, remarkable stories of plant-based healing, mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, and activism, as told by those with the expressed desire to affect lasting change in our world. Real people, real experiences. Your host, Bobby Lynch. Of my career. What's up, guys, and welcome to Plant Strength Radio. I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and on today's show, we have Mink, an up-and-coming hip-hop and rap artist from Houston, Texas. Welcome, Mink. Thank you, Bobby. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm so happy to have you on. So before we get started, we're going to have a little on-the-spot icebreaker segment to warm us up. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So if you could describe to me in three words or less how your year has been so far, how 2020 has been so far for you. Number one, uncomfortable. Okay. I'd say number two, evolving. A lot of involvement this year. Three, I would say creative. Being in my own world, having to make do at home, it just has opened up the doors to be more creative and figure out things on my own. And definitely, and uncomfortable, I think you can all relate that it's just been an uncomfortable year and it's, you know, room for change and to evolve. Totally. I totally agree with you on all of that. 2020 has been just such a roller coaster of a year. But for us and for myself, at least, I feel like this was just a really For us, like at Plan Strength and and for myself, I felt like this has been a really pivotal year in our growth as a team and as a company, but also for my personal growth as well, because we've had so much more time to just kind of reflect on what truly matters. We've had to spend so much more time with ourselves and look inward uh, on a lot of things. And uh, I really love that. I really love that. It's a great way to describe 2020. All right. So (laughs) let's... Get into it. So we'll start right at the top. Tell me, how long have you been vegan for? It's roughly six and a half years. It makes seven in March of 2021. That's awesome. All right. So what what ultimately sparked that change within you? That's I mean, coming up on seven years. That's like, congrats. I'm I'm coming up. I just hit my two year anniversary in August of fully vegan. And then oh. November, it'll be three full years without me. So, but I got, so I've got a little ways to go to catch up to you. No, I mean, it, it comes faster than you think. Mm. Um, it was my freshman year in college, second semester. I had an English class that was, the theme was to write rhetorically to the food industry. Mm. So it was a core English class that was mandatory, but the teacher that I had, had it all oriented around the food industry. Mm. So that meant readings, documentaries, a ton of research. 
So every single day that class was before my lunch break, before my next classes. And I went to University of North Texas, which is a very green university. We had a vegan dining hall and I learned about the vegan dining hall the same semester as this English class. So I would say um, maybe after day two, I would, I just, the class opened my eyes so much that I had no appetite for meat or dairy. So, you know, I continued to go to my regular dorm um, dining hall and I just wouldn't eat the meat or the dairy. And then when I started going to the vegan dining hall, it sealed, it sealed the deal, you know? I mean, the class, like the first week, it really encompassed so much of veganism from an environmental standpoint, obviously a health standpoint, an ethic, an ethical standpoint. It really opened my world to compassion that I, I did not have before. So I let myself just naturally and gradually drop meat. Um, it wasn't even, it was kind of mindless. It wasn't even a conscious thing. I was kind of just naturally like, oh, I don't want that. It wasn't like, oh, I just saw this and I just read this. You have, you know, I wasn't really in that realm of sharing that information with people yet because I was going through my own change um, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And I just naturally stopped eating it waned off so much that I didn't crave it anymore. And I'm really and truly grateful for that because I know a lot of people attempt to go cold Turkey and that's what they want to do. They'll wake up. I'm going to go vegan tomorrow. I'm so blessed to have had a different experience because I was educated properly and consistently every single day. Um, actually the class was three days a week, but that pretty much felt like every day, you know, when it's in your face and, um, you see and hear and read all of the things that you've kind of been in the dark for so long about, you know, my whole life. I didn't know. I don't even think I knew what vegan meant, like what the word was. I knew what a vegetarian was, but I did not know what a vegan was. It's crazy so, to say that because I feel like that's the same thing with most people. Most people understand when you say, hey, I'm vegetarian. Okay, you just, you don't eat meat. Cool. But it's like when you say vegan, it's, it's just a complete mind-blown, baffled look on their face. What do you even eat? I always say this because this is the first thing I said when I was told about somebody being vegan. What do you even eat? Lettuce? I was just, I think I was, I was like 14 years old when somebody told me it was somebody, that somebody is actually one of the co-founders of Plant Strength, Marcus, and his aunt's mm -hmm. been vegan forever. And when he told me that, because we've been like best friends since childhood, I was just like so astonished that somebody was vegan. I just, I was completely lost, but it's, <laughs> I think that that's like the other big key thing that you said too, is the education. And that's where most people fail when they go vegan is because they don't take the time to properly educate themselves before making the full switch. Now, yes, like if you're properly educated beforehand, then you can go ahead and do a switch right overnight. But if you don't have any prior knowledge of how to substitute those calorically dense meat and animal-based products for calorically dense plant ones, you're going to fail because you're not going to get the nutrients that you need. You're not going to get the calories. You're going to lose weight. And so I really think that's like a big key thing. And I'm happy you brought that up. Educate, educate, education. It's huge, huge, huge if you're trying to go vegan. I also, uh, I believe that you have to want to have this information 
uh, presented to you because a lot of people will hear about documentaries. And, you know, when I suggest documentaries to people, sometimes I get the response like, I don't want to know. They're just because, not ready yet. Or they want to continue, you know, to be the person they are. They don't really feel like changing or like opening their right. self to something that new. And, you know, it could be a cultural thing. And there's many reasons why some people are not open to the idea of veganism or educating themselves on it because they want to keep eating what they're eating without it kind of being ruined for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I understand <laughs> that. And, and I actually talk with, a, uh, I've talked with a lot of people who pretty much say exactly that they know that what they're eating when they're eating meat was once an animal, but they also say they've never actually watched the process that had to take place for that meat to get to their plate and they refuse to watch it because they don't want to like you said ruin their way of eating because they're just so used to it it's what they were raised and brought up consuming and it's really the only thing they know i feel like a big thing too might just be a fear of the unknown with veganism because it's been a lifelong thing for most people to eat meat and animal products. So they just don't really know any other way. So it's easier to just mindlessly consume and stay in the dark so you can continue doing what you're doing. Definitely. I try to tell people if I could be a carnivore for 18 years and then experience almost seven years of only eating vegetables and plant fruits, plants, and never want to go back, that anyone could do it because my lifestyle before it consisted of anything that I wanted because I didn't know what I wanted was not good for me. Mm. So I always try to play the, if I can do it, you can do it. And sometimes it works. A lot of times it doesn't, but you know, trying yeah. doing your, the, your part and trying to share and spread veganism and bring awareness to people around you. I always tell that my close loved ones, if I don't talk about veganism, then you know, I don't care. I love you. And that's why I tell you. Exactly. About veganism because exactly. I care. Exactly. So. 100%. Exactly. That's how it is. The, like, the people that you love the most, you have to, you, you're always the most real with and you're the most honest with. Yeah. You care about them so much. You, you know what consuming meat and animal products, like the detriment that it has, not only on their health, but to the animals and our environment, that it's like just a big negative impact overall. And you want them to experience the same positive benefits that you are from veganism. And that's why you continue to, to, to do what you do and to spread your message and to share it with them. And, and I, you know, what you also said about, about how you used to eat everything you wanted before looking at all of your stories on Instagram about all the places you go to eat, you still eat everything you want. The difference is just, it's cruelty free. And that's the thing that people just don't realize either. There's so like literally, in this world today, in 2020, there is literally a vegan option for everything. Everything Absolutely. you can think of, there's a vegan option for. Fried chicken and waffles, like pancakes, uh, like anything, like literally pizza, anything that you can think of, there's <laughs> an option for. I, absolutely. I feel like I truly live my best life eating whatever I want cruelty free. Mm -hmm. I don't miss out. 
There's nothing that I'm longing for. There's nothing that I desire that I can't have. And it also really changed my perspective on what do you live for? You know, I don't live to eat. I eat to live. Right. So it changes so much about your mindset and your relationship with food. Mm. You know, before it's kind of three meals a day. Oh, I think I have to have meat because, you know, I, I, I learned this or there's a got milk sign in my elementary school lunchroom. So I'm supposed to probably drink two glasses of milk a day, you know? So you, you learn and you challenge your body and understand your body better. They, there are people who only want to listen to what you, they're told, you yeah. know? So having your own control and mindset about, what you need personally mm-hmm. and how you feel in reaction to, in a response to what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. How yeah. you feel about what you put after putting something in your body. That's the truth. No one can tell you yeah. what you should eat. And just because society says that this is good for you doesn't mean it's actually good for you. And mm-hmm. more and more people are becoming awake to that of surrounding the animal agriculture industry, meat and animal products, and just realizing that. But I kind of want to touch on that vegan dining hall at the University of North Texas. That's absolutely, (laughs) absolutely amazing. And you know what's kind of crazy about that? I'd love for you to talk about it more, but just really quick, I actually ended up meeting the creator of that dining hall specifically. No. And he is on episode 10 of this season. Such a small world. I was like, I was, when he told (laughs) me this, his name is Ken Botts. I was absolutely mind blown. (laughs) Absolutely mind blown because I was like, no way. Is this, how is this all coming together right now? Oh my goodness. So uh, yeah, and he actually said it's the only vegan dining hall in the world. There's no like other all vegan where every single thing on the menu is vegan. That's just so awesome that you had that on campus. I'm truly so grateful for that. I mean, I cannot stress that enough. I probably wouldn't be where I am today if my university did not have that. So shout out University of North Texas, go mean green. The best experience I could have asked for because we all know what the freshman 15 means. <laughs> Being in college and experiencing living on your own for the first time, eating whatever you want, accessible with a swipe of a card that's already paid for, you know, either and it's already prepared. You don't have to do any cooking. Right. Right. No cooking. You have easy access to it three times a day, even more if you really are about that life. It's just right. too when accessible. You're coming back after being out at night. <laughs> so being a college student, you know, a lot of people are consuming alcohol, consuming, you know, copious amounts of food and alcohol. Mm. So you gain the 15. That's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. So second semester, it saved me. <laughs> it turned me all around. <laughs> like first semester, I enjoyed anything. My roommate and I, we would go, you know, like pasta and pizza, burger, pasta and pizza, burger. Like it was just non nonsense. It was mm. nonstop as well. So discovering the dining hall, I really didn't believe it. When I walked in there, I was like, uh, so there's no animal products in this? What about that ice cream machine? She's like, no, it's made out of rice milk. And I'm like, 
seriously, like everything. I, I didn't believe it. I was I know, very so skeptical. skeptical. Um, and so I was like, every single thing. She said, yes, there's no, no, our kitchen does not have anything. Yeah. I mean, the Alfredo sauce in the morning. In the morning, and it's so funny because I could never catch breakfast because I had an 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. And they opened, I want to say, at 7, 7.30. So it was very rare that I could make it to their breakfast. But they had biscuits. I mean, I'm from the South. So biscuits and gravy that are vegan with hash browns and pancakes. I'm in heaven, you know? So there would be times I would, like, sprint there. I'd be like, oh, my God, I can just sit there for 15 minutes and I get a full breakfast and I'll make it to class. You know, I would plan my day around the the hours of Maple. Literally. You know, because their lunch closed at a certain time. They had a break and then they had dinner. They closed early for dinner. Mm -hmm. I mean, I made sure I was there. And when my meal plan was no longer after freshman year, it was just like eating at a restaurant. Wow. Swipe my card, seven something for the buffet and I'm there, you know? That's what I'm saying. There's like, you can find literally anything you want nowadays in a cruelty-free version. Yes. You just have, Absolutely. just have to look, do a little research, look Absolutely. up places in your local area. And of yes. course, like if you're in college, I know that's a big thing. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that so many more schools nowadays are, nowadays are often offering those plant-based options. But especially yes. if you're trying to be vegan, my brother kind of experienced this in school when he was vegan for a little bit. And unfortunately, he went back to not being vegan because they literally had absolutely zero options aside from rice and beef and some vegetables. And they had tofu every now and then. And being an athlete at school, he was having a lot of trouble keeping up with his caloric intake, running track and burning 3,500 to 4,000 calories a day and being stuck right. in beans. And beans make him bloated. So I, I love the fact that nowadays like schools are becoming more progressive and university of north texas you guys are an example i i pray that there are more that follow after and mr just say bots ken bots yep mr i i hope that some of these other universities hire them if you are watching this you will belong to a university yes give him a shout out Put that name in there. His foot well, needs to be in every door. Or, you know, other other chefs. Um, that's what I, I really appreciated about my college experience. And it was unlike many others. So I'm, I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, totally. Totally. So what, what was it like, though, outside of school and with your home life and making that transition with your diet around your family? Um, I will start by the weekends. So the dining hall, Maple, was closed on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So being in a dorm, it was a little difficult. I really didn't know what I was doing yet. So I sometimes would just order french fries and a salad from someplace. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, go get a veggie sandwich from Panera Bread with no cheese. Or, you know, just trying to make do the black bean soup um, and finding some options. Denton is kind of like a little mini Austin. So there were a couple vegan spots and other restaurants. So when I did, you know, find those locations, I would go try those out because I didn't have a kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, The following year when I had my own townhouse and I was living off campus, that's when I started eating all of the whole foods and cooking for myself at home. And that was wonderful. Um, Because I was away from family, it was on like weekends. If I did go home to Houston or visit my sister in Fort Worth, 
that um, I would try, you know, to help them order something vegan if they wanted to try it. But I would be as accommodating as possible to just go to wherever they are. And if I need to order a salad from whatever restaurant we're at with some French fries or a side of broccolini, whatever I have to do, um, I'll do it. Vegetable fajitas cooked with olive oil instead of butter, you know, just try to be as um, accommodating. And so it's flexible when I go out to eat with family, but I will tell you um, the first month or no, the second month of figuring out whether or not I'm vegan. So March is my vegan anniversary. Yeah. You said that January. January and February was my, okay, I'm starting to stop eating meat and dropping dairy. On my birthday, as Valentine's Day, February 14th, my family came up and they made reservations at a, um, it's, it's kind of like a Southern cuisine, um, very nice restaurant in Fort Worth. And I didn't know what, I had no idea. I hadn't even mentioned to my family that I wasn't eating meat or dairy because none of them have ever explored that before. And I wasn't really ready for that conversation because I didn't know what I was doing. So I just ordered, uh, just give me filet and lobster. Sure. I, I couldn't eat any of it. Really? It was, it was one month off by it. Right. I had no idea that I was actually going to be vegan. So ordering something at a restaurant normally, and this might've been, my first time eating out at a restaurant other than like a to go out of Chipotle or something like that. So I didn't really know how to order vegan at a restaurant. You know, they definitely didn't have anything on the menu that struck me as it was vegan. Cause everything had Especially vegan one, like a typical Southern cuisine type restaurant yes. and you're with yes. family too. Right. And you know, before it was four or five stars. So it was definitely, you know, a dining experience. So it's going to be a surf and turf or, that kind of experience. Yeah. And um, I just kept cutting bites off. You want this? You want this? You know, I'm full. I'm not going to eat this. But I did have, you know, appetizers that were like, they put, um, it was some sort of cornbread or nice cornbread biscuit type collaboration, like on the table. And, you know, I had that and um, salad. So when my entree arrived, I looked at it and I'm I, don't I can't do this right now. <laughs> I do not want this. So it was definitely interesting. Um, my parents, it kind of took them a second to grasp the, uh, the concept that I really wasn't trying to eat meat or dairy. So every time that I did come around them while I was in college and they tried to offer me something, I'd be like, you know, it's been like half a year. I'm actually good. I don't, I don't want it anymore. I'm, I don't actually plan on returning to eating meat. So just keep that in mind next time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not interested. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you, that you stood your grounds with your beliefs and with what you knew was best for yourself. Because unfortunately I see that happen a lot of, a lot of times with people and their families, especially younger kids, you know, you were 20, about what you were a uh, freshman in college. You were probably- I was- 19, 19 18, yeah 18, 18 turning 19 my first year going yeah so so i usually i end up seeing this more so with like teenagers that want to go vegan but they are relying on their parents to cook and they're still not really in that mindset of i'm developing into my own person whereas you were doing that now being away at school and and i really respect the fact that you kind of stood your ground 
because that just sets the example and it shows other kids who look up to you that, hey, I can do this too. Just because my family says something is right, literally was just having a conversation about this last night, doing some activist, uh, activism on the street. And there was uh, a kid there and uh, my uh, roommate and business partner, DJ, we were having a conversation with him and he was very open and receptive to everything we were saying. But the elders that were there were constantly trying to shut us down and tell him that what we were saying was completely wrong and that oh. we don't, we eat meat because we like it and that's what uh, we are supposed to do. And he had to respect his elders and, and one of them actually asked, well, do you imagine yourself being vegan? And he was like, he hesitated for a second and I can see it on his face that he didn't want to answer the way that he did, but he said, mm -hmm, probably no, probably not. I won't be vegan. But he was very hesitant in that response. And so we ended up continuous, continued to talk to him after we exchanged social media and just kind of reached, I reached out to, to him to reaffirm that it's okay to not do everything that your elders or that your parents think is right because they were conditioned to believe one specific type of way but that doesn't mean that that is right or it's what's ethically right and it doesn't mean that it's what's best for you personally so again i really respect you kind of standing your ground even though it can be hard when it involves family it, it definitely can be hard um especially from you know ethnic backgrounds or cultures that really embrace certain meat um to where it's almost every meal um, I'm 50% Syrian. My dad's 100% Syrian. Um, all types of lamb, chicken, beef, seafood, um, is very incorporated in the Mediterranean diet yeah. as well as dairy. Yeah. But it's funny. Some of the items that I kind of overlooked because there was so much food going on. I mean, that's, um, Arabic culture, yeah. a lot of food. Whether or not you want it or not, you are going to be offered a whole table and you are expected to try it all. So it can be very uncomfortable when I go visit family friends or, you know, friends of my father's that are Arabic. He has to explain, oh, you know, like she doesn't eat meat. So, you know, don't be offended. You know, your cooking is probably wonderful because that is how the household kind of works the mother is going to be cooking something and you are expected to try it all. So being in those situations, I've always been kind of awkward, but I'm so grateful that my background has a lot of plant-based foods. Yeah. In fact, it became one of my favorite cuisine as a vegan to eat. Really? You know, it's rice, hummus, baba ganoush, falafel, yes. vegetables, tamale. favorite things. Yes. The There's plenty of things you can eat. And on the side, um, because the things that are naturally grown in my motherlands, you know, in the trees, it's figs and it, amazing vegetables and fruits. So they always have sliced tomatoes, sliced cucumber, mint, onion. Um, they always have a mixture of vegetables, olives. My, uh, my country is known for olives. Even people in Italy don't even want to admit this, but they get their olives from Syria really? and they make olive oil. I didn't know that. I didn't yes. know that. And wow. Spain as well. So 
So of course they grow olive trees as well, but that is something that they did import. Um, in fact, my, uh, um, it's funny that we we're talking about my last name earlier, because when my father moved out of the, uh, out of Syria, he moved to France yep. and they translated his last name to a different spelling. Really? So my original, like all of my family on Facebook, everybody has a last name, Dali, it's D-A-L with one accent mark on the I, like Salvador. And, yeah. And Salvador Dali is not Syrian, yeah. but it just, it just, it always made me feel like, okay, this connection between the olives, I think I'm related to Salvador Dali. Like yeah. maybe, <laughs> yeah, but um, it's just funny. You probably are. That's crazy. It's just really interesting because I grew up and falafel was just like a side, but that's so much protein right there. So much. And filling, it's, it's filling and it's caloric that I don't, I don't miss out on having the meat because the falafel is my main portion. That's my main entree. It is the meat of your... surrounded by all of the amazing sides, spinach pies, pita bread. I mean, the list goes on, but it really became a supplement, a main, you know, the main feature in a lot of my meals. So I don't miss out. And when I go out to order... No one has to ever, my mom and my dad, my sister, no one has to worry about, is there something for you to order? I'm like, I'm good. Because you, you, you know what to get now. You're so yeah, educated. Too. And even if you're at a restaurant with not a lot of options, you'll, you'll figure out a way to make it work. So really, like integrating that, integrating the food, the Syrian food into your diet, I mean, it, it really wasn't a struggle for you at all because there's already so much. It was not a struggle. That's awesome. And it's really the best part about being um, Syrian American is that my my food is here. Houston yeah. is very diverse, so I have yeah. plenty of Mediterranean restaurants nearby. Yeah, yeah. Right. And kind of side note, you mentioned Fort Worth earlier. It's funny; everything is just continuously connecting. Ken Botts, his new business venture right now is new tricks, like old dog new tricks. New Tricks Taco Shop in Fort Worth, Texas. Just just opened it up. It's a new plant-based Mexican restaurant. I did not know that he was the same person. I have heard of a vegan Mexican restaurant popping up by a bar that I used to go to when I lived up there and visited my sister in, at TCU in Fort Worth. So that was on my radar. I had no idea that he was behind it. That's this crazy. is such a small world. I'm gonna have to let my sister and my my good friend know who live. Uh, she still lives in Fort Worth. My my good friend, um, and she was the one that was telling me about it. She said, "Next time you come and visit me up here, this restaurant will be open." Because I mean, being wow. from Texas, Mexican food is a must-have. Oh, you know, and having good Mexican food. Yes. A lot of people. I'm not saying anything about the fact that you're from the East Coast, but. <laughs> And I'm the Northeast afraid. Coast, to be more specific, too. I'm a little afraid that not a lot of people, if you are from the West Coast or East Coast, have experienced really good, authentic Mexican food, let alone Tex-Mex. I've, so vegan, lucky, Tex-Mex. I've, luckily, I've been to Houston a couple of times. So I have, I have had the opportunity to experience I'm very glad. Tex-Mex, Mexican cuisine, yes. Yeah. I would hate for anyone to be deprived yes. of being in Mexican food because there are so many establishments um, that 
are so incredible here in Houston. Um, I would like to shout them out, actually. Um, Corny Vibes, they have Mexican-American food. Yep. Vigos, authentic of Mexican food. Cascabel, another authentic Mexican restaurant, as well as Andalus, incredible, authentic Mexican vegan food. Um, those are some of my favorites and um, nothing but wonderful food and service there. And um, if you are watching this, you absolutely need to try them, whether you live in Houston or you are just traveling to visit Houston. They are the spots. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait until I'm in Houston again. We're definitely going to have to hit them all. Absolutely. Uh, You're listening to this episode right now. (laughs) Rewind rewind it back. Get out a pen and paper. Type it in your phone notes. Write down all of those restaurants. Absolutely. You guys can check them out. All right. So kind of shifting gears a little bit with with this episode, let's talk a little bit about your music and your (laughs) music career. So... Tell me, how did you develop an affinity for music? But before you do so, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Support for this episode comes from Chicken Bites. Hey, did you know that every serving of Chicken Bites has 17 grams of protein? And did you know that they're made entirely from simple ingredients? Visit www.plantstrengthfoods.com to find out where you can get your pack of Chicken Bites and use offer code PSR at checkout to save on shipping. Chicken Bites, always made from ingredients you can pronounce. Support for this episode comes from Plant Strength Performance Coaching. COVID-19 has put a damper on many, many things, but your fitness doesn't have to be one of them. This is not your average program. It is an online fitness platform designed by industry professionals who are dedicated to helping you get in and stay in the best shape of your life. Are you ready to change your life for the better? Then visit www.plantstrength.com coaching and sign up for a free consultation. Plant Strength Performance Coaching. Defy the status quo. Welcome back, guys. So before the break, we were shifting gears in the episode, and we were going to dive deep into Mink's music career and how she has come to where she is at, and she is now starting to release her music. So I'm going to let you take it away. Okay. Thanks, Bobby. I have always loved and appreciated music from you know being a young girl. Um, I did choir up until high school. I loved to sing. I was kind of that annoying sibling and annoying friend that would never shut up. <laughs> you know, in my first workplaces, first places I worked when I was 15, 16, I worked at a restaurant and, you know, all of my coworkers, you don't ever stop singing, do you? <laughs> like, I guess not because I'm in my own world. You know, I, music is, um, is meant to feel. Um, of course you hear it, but it's really meant to feel. So, you know, growing up and growing pains, music I always leaned on. And once I got older and, you know, I had LimeWire, I had an iPod, I always wanted to discover new artists, new music. That was so fun to me to to find a new artist. So um, that was something I didn't really know I would really pursue. So when I um, was presented with a choice, Hey, do you want to keep doing your guitar lessons and piano lessons? Do you want to do 
basketball, volleyball, cheerleading. I swayed towards sports. I swayed towards sports because I wanted to stay with my friends. I thought that's what I had to do. Oh, well, I would be the only one if I didn't try out for cheer. I would be the only one that didn't do competitive volleyball and school volleyball. So I really did a lot. I did school cheer, school volleyball, competitive volleyball, all at the same time, competitive cheerleading. I kind of turned my back on music, uh, music. Um, you know, it was something that I really enjoyed and it was really fun, but I never saw as a career. And it was only kind of in the back of my mind. Like I would be 12 years old and I would write down these sappy lyrics. I don't even know where they came from. And I would write them in the middle of my journal so that my sister would never find it because she'd probably look at the front or the back. So I put them on, I put them on a random page in the middle of my journal. But I didn't know what was really going on. You know, I was a young girl. Was I absolutely infatuated with Beyonce? 100%. Uh, Did I want to I mean, what young girl isn't infatuated (laughs) with Beyonce? I I wanted to be her. And I wanted to be Britney Spears, you know, when a music video would come on. Low-key, low-key. I'm going to, I don't want to, don't mean to interrupt, but I had the biggest crush on Britney Spears growing up. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest crush. We're just going to keep that on this episode. You're not the only one. I'm sure many American boys could not get enough Britney Spears. <laughs> but I would sprint upstairs to go change into a performing outfit. God only knows what I really would throw on. But to just run back downstairs to catch, like, the last half of a music video and just go back, like, balls to the wall, like, crazy dancing, singing. I loved entertaining I don't know who I was entertaining, you know, my TV screen, my sister, you know, it was just, I absolutely loved it. I loved going to a concert. Um, you know, I've, the Houston rodeo is a huge deal once a year. That is, I mean, it's like the Super Bowl. It's a huge deal in Houston. I would see Beyonce every single year, Hillary Duff, you know, those are artists that I grew up on. So that was um, a pipe dream. I want to be, I want to be the next Beyonce. Like, I want to be like Hillary Duff. I want to be like Britney Spears. So that was just something that I didn't think was achievable. I played sports and I was good at playing sports. There was guidance. You know, I kind of was a goofball, like in choir. Um, I need to, I need to formally apologize to my choir instructor for this because I was immediately put into the alto section and I was like, oh, she doesn't think I can sing high. She didn't think I could hit the notes. Who, who are you to tell me I can't be a soprano? All of my friends were in the soprano section. And I was just devastated that I was in the other section. I didn't know anyone in the alto section, right? So I would sing the soprano part in the alto section. And she would stop every single day. Who is singing the high notes in this section? And I would just be like, and not say a word. And not say a word. I was just so, uh, I don't know. It was very spiteful of me. So, Miss Corfage, if you are out there and you come across this video, I sincerely apologize for messing up our rehearsals and our practices. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so I, I had to, like, in middle school, it was, it was a requirement <laughs> for us to do either chorus or band. And I did chorus because... I also played sports and I was like, I really don't want to take the time to practice an instrument because I just want to focus on playing sports. So I just did chorus because for me it was easier. But 
I kind of, <laughs> I kind of hit puberty a little late. So I, I, I was always with more of the sopranos. I had more of the head voice. I didn't really have a deep voice at the time. And I was always like, damn, I just want to have a deep voice. And I can't, I just, couldn't, I just literally couldn't have a deep voice because, you know, just things were a little delayed that's um, hilarious. You know, as, as, as a kid. But yeah, and then I just think, I think that's hilarious. Well, it just shows that back then I did not know that this would happen. And it's so important to me to express that veganism was the forefront of my career. Really? Because the enlightenment that happened all across the board for me, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, I went from kind of just writing and, um, you know, to me, I first thought that it was poetry and it really intensified. And I was more, I was writing more frequently when I went vegan because my mind was clearer. Really? Thoughts. There was no brain fog. There was no daily like autopilot mode. It was, I'm in control of my thoughts. I am thinking more positively. I'm thinking more compassionately and more passionately. So my writing changed. I was more comfortable with writing. I wanted to write. And then I realized one day, this isn't poetry. This is a song. Really? And when that hit me, I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm studying fashion, but UNT is a music school predominantly you know that's what they're known for okay all right so I, you know I had a lot of friends that I had made in college that were in the music school and I was honestly kind of jealous I was like I want to I want to learn music you know I, I really I love it my major was fashion merchandising you didn't so also you didn't switch to music I did not switch okay. so um I didn't quite dabble into recording while I was in college mm-hmm. But any of my friends and my roommates can tell you that I was I was just trying to freestyle. Yeah. I'm just trying to freestyle. Whatever you got going on, if you're playing a song or a beat, I'm going to come in there and freestyle. <laughs> and I'm just okay. going to, you know, have a ball. And it was just, it was fun. It was like release, you know? Whatever was on my mind. I love how you're like bopping right now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I kind of want a little on the spot freestyle right now. Cause, cause you, Cause you entertain us with that? <laughs> Oh man, you're gonna beatbox for me? <laughs> well, I will tell you that it, it came up to a surprise that when I left college, so I did an internship, I did, you know, all the steps I needed to do to be to graduate with my degree in fashion merchandising. I did do a minor in uh, and focus in ethical business. Mm-hmm. So my philosophy classes, they were all so environmentally orient- oriented that I really gained so much knowledge that was already aligned with the knowledge I was getting uh, as a vegan from those classes that I had taken. Yeah. So I kind of had this inkling, Hey, the fashion industry is uh, not very vegan friendly. No, it's not. And it's not environmentally friendly. No. And there's not a lot of rules and regulation. Mm. There are very few laws in the fashion industry. So I told myself, I won't 
go into the direction of the corporate world. I gave it a try. Um, I interned, I did fine jewelry. Um, I worked in retail when I graduated from university and then being in Houston, I would say for like one year post-grad, I hit the studio with a friend who was an artist and I, you know, I was listening to a beat and I started freestyling and, you know, at, at the time I wasn't really like, I don't know. I hadn't put out a song. I had invested in equipment. As you can kind of see back here, I have some stuff that I work on. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing yet, you know? So this like pivotal moment post-grad, like everything that I had gone through and learned and gained knowledge about in college and learning that, okay, what I'm writing right now is kind of like music. Did I ever think I'd be an artist? No, not really. But let me try it. So I stepped in the booth. The producer said, get back there. Like, just go behind the mic and just do your thing. And I freestyled this whole song. And at first, you know, I was kind of like embarrassed about it. But my friend, he was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm sending it to you. The producer sent it to me. I'm going to send it to you tomorrow so you can listen to it. And he was like, I haven't stopped listening to it. Like, it's so fun. It's so good. And I was like, really? You, you think? Because I, I, don't, I don't really know. I, I don't know what I was saying. You know, it was like four in the morning. I wasn't really awake. I was kind of just, you know, having a good time. You know, I was kind of like shy about it because it was just like the very beginning. You yeah. know, everything like being a choir student, having taken guitar, piano lessons, you know, that was all things that I gave up on because a young girl that doesn't have the, you know, the open mind yet can be afraid of those things. Yeah. So I was afraid of failure. I didn't want to be a, bad guitarist yeah i didn't want to be a terrible pianist yeah so i'm gonna play sports because i know i'm good you know so that is where i had to i had to rely on my inner strength in my mind my thoughts had to be stronger and that would have never happened if i hadn't gone vegan really my mind i trusted i trusted my higher higher power and i trusted the universe you know this earth that i walk i i realized the life that I want is waiting on me to yeah. create. Yeah. And before I went vegan, I didn't think that way. I was not wired that way. I thought I had to do what sounded best on paper. So, okay. Yeah. I like fashion. I also need that. Sure. Yeah. I didn't want to be an, I didn't want to be an accountant. I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to do anything that was not going to make me happy. But I knew that there are people kind of, you know, AKA mom and dad, like, Hey, 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 you need a degree. So I did fashion and I love fashion. And that is why my name is Mink because, well, one, my sister used to call me Minky. It was kind of like a nickname. Mm -hmm. But when she and I were talking about it, I said, you know what? Like, it's kind of weird. I don't really feel like putting my real name that my mom and dad gave me as my artist's name. I really feel like I want an artist's name that is not what I was you know, legally given. It's not, not my government. Yeah. So when we were talking about it, um, you know, she brought up another nickname, which I'm not going to put out there, but she said, you know, Minky, like, what if you drop the Y? And I was like, Mink, like, you know, it's interesting. Minks are used as fur in the fashion industry. And, you know, I'm so against that. Mm -hmm. I was really young and I begged begged and this is how funny that music and fashion are so so married 
I begged for boots with the fur after that song. Apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. She, yeah, yeah. begged for them. So I got them. And then a couple months later, I found out they were real bunny fur. And I was like 12 years old. I cried and cried and cried. And I was like, I need to put these on eBay. I got to get rid of them. Yeah. So I sold the boots with the fur. And I look back at that and I'm like, okay, so if my name is Mink, they're going to ask me, how are you vegan? But your name is a fur coat. Yeah. You know, that people want to buy. Mink is an animal that people breed just to use for cruelty and to wear. Yeah. And for me, it's to bring awareness to that very problematic feature of the fashion industry. I love it. I, I 100% have faith that we're so technologically advanced. There is absolutely no need for cruelty. There is no need to use real living life with emotion, with, you know, Thoughts, real living beings, families feel they feel what? fear, they feel pain, they don't what? willingly give up their lives. Exactly. Why should that be used? And that is that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to use my voice, I'm here to use my platform to talk about how I went vegan, why you should go vegan, what changed in my life, you know, how I found my passion. I would not have found my passion without Veganism. going vegan. So mink is a huge, like, that's my identity because I have to let people ask me, why is your name mink if you're a vegan? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked me that because now I'm going to tell you exactly why. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the forefront of my career. So on your Instagram, what, what does the A4N mean in the front of your handle? A foreign. Okay. So, um. I have a tattooed on me clearly. So um, my re my real name is Olivia. My middle name is Noel. Mm -hmm. My lucky number is four. Okay. So it was my jersey number growing up, volleyball and basketball number four. Okay. Um, so when you say it, it all like you know it says a foreign. A foreign. So yeah, a foreign. Of course, I'm fifty percent Syrian, but I was born here. Mm -hmm. I resonate with the word foreign like being foreign to people because growing up, I always felt like the black sheep, the, the person that really stood out. You know, I grew up in the suburbs of the Woodlands, Texas. Mm. Um, There's maybe two black kids in my grade, one, one Indian girl and then me. So I always felt like I really stood out. And then like growing up and being in high school, I never really felt like I fit in anywhere not into any category, not into any box. I always felt like I was foreign to people. Like I was a UFO, you know, like I just, I always felt that I was so different from people that I don't, I mean, I didn't really naturally um, go and like make friends. I just, you know, if they were on my volleyball team or we had classes together, you know, it naturally happened, but I just felt like I was so weird. Like why would anyone want to be friends with me? I'm like, the, I'm an oddball. Like I'm really, I'm something different. So I resonate with a foreign because I want people to realize that you, yeah, sure. You might be here. And a lot of people don't want to claim America anymore because this has been a crazy year. So, you know, saying that you're proud to be an American is 
kind of a um, taboo statement right now. It's almost like an oxymoron, <laughs> just given given it's weird. everything that has been it's going weird, on. It's weird, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to give people who resonate with my beliefs and my music and have similar, you know, similar ideologies as me, you're a foreign too. You know, you think different from people. Mm. You are unique. You're a foreign. And it also stands for all for nothing. I put it on my hand because in this day and age, um, sure, there are some careers where you, you can have tattoos that are visible, but there are many careers that you cannot have tattoos visible. And I didn't want to give up on music. Mm. I said, you know what? Life is short. I want to make sure I do exactly what I want mm. to do. That's what I'm here to do. You can't hide that. Absolutely. So it's it's all for nothing. You got to make it work. Yes. Like this is not all for nothing. Like you got to do this. Like you are, you're an artist and you need to share your word. You need to let them hear you. That's your purpose to spread the positive energy and information that you have. I love that. I love, I literally love all of that. And I connect with so much on that on so many different levels. And I could talk forever. Mm -hmm. I, I know we could just go back and forth and just and talk forever on this. But you know, one thing and specifically with veganism, when I went fully vegan, I felt the same change inside me. I felt like I finally was fully aligned with my purpose in life immediately plant strength the idea for plant strength came to my head and everything just slowly started falling into place and day by day things get so much better and i think now i'm really just starting to be even more open and vocal with my activism because that's great when i first went vegan i know i was kind of shy about sharing it specifically like the animal rights portion of it, not shy about sharing veganism and the food and fitness and nutrition, but the animal rights because I was almost in fear that people would unfollow me because, oh, this isn't, this isn't what they want to see, but that never sat right inside of me. And right. so then I, because I was going vegan and I was just really questioning myself about my own actions and my beliefs. And that's what ultimately led to veganism was I always have believed in, well, I've always loved animals and I've always believed that I would never kill them myself just to eat them. So if I'm not going to do that myself and I don't believe in their suffering and death, but I'm paying for it by eating their dead bodies and their secretions, I'm a hypocrite. And that's not something that I ever want to be because I'm an honest person. I'm a transparent person. And how I was raised is to do what's honest and ethically right. Right. But once I called myself out on that, that's when I went fully vegan. And it just like from there, it was just this continued inward spiritual journey with myself. And I just kept seeing me my you know how I, how much i've grown and it's just to think about how much i've i've grown personally within the last 2 years since going vegan it's it's uh for me it almost feels like night and day because i'm very solidified with 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 who i am and i have no problem at all anymore saying exactly how i feel and doing exactly what i want so long as that doesn't come at the expense of another living being, whether that's a human or whether that's an animal. Oh, 
that's incredible. And you should be so proud of yourself to be able to recognize and achieve that. It's absolutely something to celebrate because that other, that person that used to be, you know, has improved so much and has learned so much and gone through so much. And now here you are sharing your experiences, which does take a lot. A lot of people don't, like you said, are kind of shy at the beginning and don't know what they want to share due to, you know, the beliefs of other people that don't align with yours. Mm -hmm. But if it is in you and you're passionate about it, share it. It's not in your head for, you know, for, for Lala. It's like, it's for real life to really share with people. Yeah. So knowing your purpose and acting on it and devoting your time to it, you are aligned. And it's yeah. a very, it's, it's a very wonderful process that I can only hope to give to more people and inspire. I want other people to yes, of how amazing yes. it feels. Absolutely. Like I want you to go through that too. It's funny because, um, you know, a lot of people, I'm not saying they stereotype vegans, but they do. A lot of people stereotype vegans. Let's just, let's just be real. Yes. They do. Yeah. And so living in Denton, I will say that it is a hippie town. Um, you know, people will be walking around, you know, and you can just tell, like, these are free spirits. They are whatever you want to call them, tree huggers, flower children. Like, yes, I, I was around that. So when I first started hearing about being vegan, I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to think that I just like, I'm going to be a pushy vegan or I'm going to be, you know, like, we're so you know, extreme just, as if, right. You know, that I'm going to be, we're extreme yet. We're the ones ex- abstaining from brutally murdering animals. Right. And that's always bothered me. That's an that awesome on right there. Upset. Right. That how, how could what I'm doing upset you and I have learned that it's the guilt of someone who don't who does not believe they could go vegan but they know like hey like you know I do eat dead animals like this is sometime you know I think that they that a lot of people do have that confliction within them and so they kind of take it out on you know if they have a friend that's vegan or vegetarian or trying to go vegan they're like Oh, I don't know why you'd ever do that. You're going to, you know, you're not going to have enough protein. Like, you know, just very close-minded. And I can only pray for those people because I want them to really see, hey, like, I'm not even being extreme, but if someone wants to know, I'm going to tell them. And if I care about you, I'm going to attempt to convert you. I'm going to attempt. I'm absolutely going to attempt. Like any, any man that I've dated, um, I'm going to just say right now, if you see this or you watch this and I never tried to get you to go vegan or try to eat vegan, you really, you really weren't the one for me. I didn't care because any guy that I have dated, I'm sly, slip giving them vegan food, you know, like, oh, like, let's just go to this restroom over here. Like knowing damn well, it's all vegan, you know, yeah. like, and then they're asking me, so this isn't a real burger. Yes. <laughs> it's just, you got to do it. You yeah. gotta do it for the ones you love and you gotta do it for those who can't. Same. So you try. Yeah. You know, it's it's always worth a try because it's not like I'm trying to force you to eat cruelty or I'm trying to force you to eat someone's flesh. 
Yeah. I'm doing the opposite of that. Like, you're going to be that upset that I'm trying to get you, put you on some plants. Right. Yeah. Totally. You know, like save it. You, do you sound not, like, do you hear how crazy that sounds? I know. I'm going to be upset I know. that no. I'm encouraging you to eat a banana. Like relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, relax. So I know. And, and, and yet we're extreme. I, it's so funny. I'm so with you though. I'm, 100% the girl that I marry someday, she's going to be vegan. I'm going to raise my children vegan. Ultimately, Absolutely. if my children don't choose to be vegan, that's like their choice. Like at the end of the day, they are their own people. And after a certain point, like they have to develop into their, their themselves. But there will not, not be animal products in my household. That is that is like, Absolutely. yes. So, yeah. Um, this is, yeah. I, I, I just love, I love everything we've been <laughs> This has been such a great conversation. Before we continue on, though, we are going to take a brief moment to highlight our team member of the week, something we do every episode to show our love and appreciation for our ever-growing family. What's up, guys? Kiwan Harrison here at Kiwan underscore Harrison on social media. I am super stoked to not only be the voice behind Plant Strength Radio and a co-founder of Plant Strength, but also to be honored as this week's team member of the week. I have the honor of working with some of the most amazing people in the industry who are trying to affect lasting change in this world, both in veganism and plant-based dieting and activism, as well as in fitness. To me, they embody our motto, sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. This means to me, waking up every day and pursuing a goal to be the change you want to see in the world. To not only help people, but to help animals who are exploited day in and day out. It is my honor to be a part of this team and to be working towards this mission. And I hope that you guys are enjoying our journey and are interested in coming along with us. So without further ado, thank you. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show, our growth spurts and growing pains segment. So it goes, things changing, I know that though I've got no control, that's just the way that we grow. And no one told me what's ahead on this road, so until I break the for those of you new to Plant Strength Radio who haven't heard of this segment before, at the end of every episode, we ask each guest what a recent growth spurt of theirs is, an accomplishment that they're proud of, as well as a growing pain, something that they're still trying to get better with. Both of these can be health, work, or life related. So with that, we're going to start right at the top. What is a recent growth spurt of yours? I'm really excited to share that the growth spurt for me has been with my music creatively. I used to, you know, want to kind of do a mixture of freestyling and writing, but now during quarantine, you know, the opportunity is right here in the back of my right. room, you know, to create. Yes. But that desire to, to be up all night and to, you know, choose choose working on my passion over sleep has just been natural i spring out of bed like so excited to, yes. to get my day going you yes. know because i'm so excited to know what i'm going to create 
And so my creativity has sparked through the roof. I'm creating at um, a quicker pace and like a level that I always dreamed of and that I was hoping I would get to. So I'm really, really grateful that the growth that I've seen in my music has really just turned up a notch and I'm getting, you know, I'm getting ready to release, you know, my first songs and share what I've been doing with the world because I know like six months has just flown by. Totally agree with you on that. It's like, whoa, how did that happen? Where did the time go? Right. And I'm really, um, you know, the opportunity to work on my passion and do what I want. Um, I'm just so, so grateful for, and I've really experienced um, a jolt of energy specifically for my music and my craft and to really just hone in on it with no distractions. Um, And, you know, like I, I did, I did start traveling recently. Um, So with precautions and, you know, being safe, however. um, So as soon as I got back, I went straight to the studio. And last night, after the studio, I came right here and I did another song Mm. and it's just like, I'm in go mode. And so that, um, that ability to keep creating and not get tired and just stay on it and consistent. I'm just, I'm really excited about it. And I'm so excited to share uh, what I'm working on with you guys. Congrats. I'm so happy for you. I'm so excited for you. I, and I can't wait to be at a concert of yours someday, seeing you up there like Beyonce, like J-Lo, like Britney Spears. I, <laughs> I really get that feeling and that vibe that that's, that's going to be you. And it's going to come. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's a huge compliment. And I really, I really appreciate that. And I, I would love that, too. I'm, I'm excited. And I trust in the universe, though. Yes, I'm pretty sure actually Beyonce's vegan. She is. Like her and Jay-Z are vegan, aren't they? I love it. Yeah. Um, I will say when you have access and you have money and power, you know, you have knowledge. Yes. So you have that platform and how much of a positive impact you can make just by sharing your story. And that's exactly why you are on the show right now to share your story. (laughs) put it on your platform so that people people know and people can Absolutely. look at you because you set the example. You set the example. So on the opposite end, what is a growing pain of yours, something that you're still trying to get better with? I'm sure you can um, help me with this one considering you are Plant Strength Radio. I have been, you know, kind of struggling to have this workout regimen being consistent um you know the gym was closed for so long so I had to really rely on being at home and doing some home workouts but that requires the you really have to tell yourself hey like I'm getting this workout in my room right now and I'll go through um like I guess sporadic moments like okay like this one week I jump roped every day and I did at least a thousand every single day like Good job, Mink. Like, you did great. But then the next week, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I woke up a little late. You know, I think I might have to just get my day going or I'll just go on a walk. So I definitely, um, you know, that's a growing pain right now. Um, it's a different, you know, it's a little bit different. I'm not, go- I'm not going to the gym. Um, I'm just trying to dabble into working out um, 
you know, at a friend's apartment gym because, um, you know, I miss the Stairmaster. I wanted to get back into that. So um, slowly but surely, um, I'm getting back into that world because it feels great. Um, exercise is so important to me. Releasing those endorphins every single day is so important to me. And I love the feeling I have after. And it just makes me feel great, you know, yeah. about myself. And I'm, because I know I'm doing something good for myself. It's self-care. Mm-hmm. Exercising is self-care because you need to get your heart rate going every single day. Like even if it's for 20 minutes, get it going. Um, so that's the thing I'm working on, trying to get better at being consistent and um, finding new ways to um, stay on top of it. I have weights, I have um, some resistance bands. Um, yeah, it's kind of a the you know a little struggle right now. So yeah. we're working on it. We're trying to get back into it, but it's you know I worked out today, so there you go. <laughs> I'm happy about you that. Go. You know, I'm like in a better mood because. I got my workout out of the way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Definitely. will definitely will be here to help you for that. And <laughs> it really it. does make a big difference when you have, when you have a plan specific for you and based on whatever your fitness goals are. So if you've never, you know, if you don't really have that kind of same thing with veganism specifically, if you're not armed with the proper knowledge for how to go vegan, it's going to be hard to go vegan. And if you're not armed with the proper knowledge of how to formulate the exact workout with sets, reps, what exercises to do, how long you should right. be working out for, how many days a week, what, how much rest you should be taking, and then also gonna con- you know, combine that with the amount of calories and macros you should be eating, it makes it difficult to stick to a plan. But I totally got you. We'll definitely connect after, after this episode is over. And no, we'll- <laughs> I appreciate we'll it. Yeah, that- but... Yeah, this has been this has been such a great episode. I've had such an awesome time talking with you. And again, I cannot wait, cannot wait until the day that I see you on the big stage. I will be at your first concert whenever that is. Thank you. Wherever, because who knows? Wherever, whenever <laughs> I'm there. Awesome. Totally. I'm so happy to hear that, and I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here today. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm happy again. I'm very happy to have you on. So... Before we wrap things up, can you just tell everyone where to find you exactly online? Hey, Florian Mink. I, you can find me on Instagram. So it's how it sounds, but A, the number four, Mink. So A, four, N, Mink. Um, I am also on Twitter on A, four, N, Mink. Um, I kind of wild out on there. So you should definitely <laughs> check it out. I say whatever comes to mind, <laughs> like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> so that's super super interesting. You should definitely check me out on Twitter. Um unless unless you're my crush or something, like you don't don't discover me there. But, <laughs> but I um uh, yes, I am not really on Facebook right now, but soon you will find me on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, all of that. So if you follow me on Instagram under that hash uh, after that hack to uh sorry, handle, what am I saying? Handle. At the handle. Yep, handle. handle. <laughs> handle on that handle stay tuned and um, you'll see updates from me on my story and on my posts so you'll know where to find my music you'll know where to hear me and see me and you can keep up with me if um, if you like it you guys heard it first a (laughs) mink be on the lookout she's on the come up hip-hop artist from houston texas be ready guys it's going to be 
lit. It's going to be lit. Her music already, you know, as you guys could hear at the beginning of this, beginning of this episode, you heard some of her music. So just, just be ready. And I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I very much enjoyed it. And until the next one, as always, I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and this is Plant Strength Radio. Thanks, guys. Bye. Plant Strength Radio is hosted by Bobby Lynch, produced and edited by Kiwan Harrison. Original theme music by Alex Brinkley and Tyson Bryce. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be streamed. To learn more about Plant Strength, the company behind this podcast, please visit www.plantstrengthperformance.com or follow us on social media at Plant Strength Performance. Plant Strength. Sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Thank you for listening.